This is Let's Get Real with your realtor hosts, Mallory Myers and Rob Calabro, talking real life and real estate. All right. Welcome in from the Buckeye State to the Sunshine State. This is Let's Get Real. How you doing, Mal? What's up, Rob? I'm good. I'm good. I actually, it was funny as I was setting up this morning, I looked out the window and it is such a dreary day here. It, it give, and it's cool, like 50 degrees and rainy and wet and gloomy. And I'm like, wow, it really feels like Columbus, Ohio today. <laughs> hey, now that's kind of a, it's <laughs> kind of a dig on us. Um, it's, we're, we've got snow covered, uh, and about 20 degrees here. So you're still doing better than we are. Um, but you know what? I like it when it snows. I, I'll take that over the rain any day. Yeah. Yeah. I miss a good snowfall, but after the first day, it's not pretty anymore and it's just a mess. <laughs> That's true. 100% <laughs> true. So we got a great show. Uh, we're going to talk a couple of different topics. We're going to talk about renting versus buying. We found a great article through realtor.com that shows some statistics on that and how things have drastically changed uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and we've got a couple of other articles we're going to dive into, some statistics about um, consumer confidence as far as whether now's a good time to sell, whether now's a good time to buy. Um, and I think we're going to dive into, uh, the last topic is going to be, should you include residential real estate in your retirement plan as a part of your retirement? And, uh, something probably that's on a lot of homeowners minds. And, uh, so we're going to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, are you ready to dive in? Let's get to it. All right, so, so um, the Realtor.com article I mentioned uh, talked about the top 100 cities, or, or they, they did a, a, a research survey on 100 cities regarding um, whether it's better, to, uh, more cost effective to own a, a property and pay a mortgage or to pay rent in that particular city. So um, what it found was in about three quarters of those 100 cities, it's more cost effective to own a property than it is to, uh, to rent a house. Does that come as a surprise to you? Um, not right now. Um, not right now at all. I, I have a friend who's going to put his one bedroom condo on the market and it is a has to be 600 ish square feet. It's in a great location, um, but I asked him what he thinks he's going to put it on the market for a rental, and he said nineteen hundred, nineteen hundred a month for a one bedroom that's probably six hundred square feet. Um, it's in an incredible location, walking distance to downtown Tampa. Mm -hmm. um, he works for the Lightning, and so he um, walks to work, walks to the Emily Arena. We we park there and walk to the games. I mean, it's a great location, but nineteen hundred a month to rent. Um, Rob, what do you think that could get you as a mortgage? <laughs> it could get you a pretty, probably a pretty good house in a lot of areas. Depends on your down payment, of course. Right. But, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big mortgage payment. Um, so, um, it's similar like that in Columbus in a lot of areas. I mean, if you look at the statistics, obviously Tampa is more expensive to rent than Columbus is on average. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, so I think we, I mentioned this to you earlier. We've got a, uh, a neighborhood here in Columbus that we own a couple of rental properties in. I'm, I'm currently helping a buyer uh, buy a house in that same neighborhood. And um, 
his, I can't get into the details too much, of course, but his payment is only going to be about a hundred dollars more than what we're charging for rent. Um, however, he's going to have a single family home with a two car garage and a fenced in yard and, uh, have two properties, uh, that, that are 600 square feet with no garage, just off street parking that there it's only a hundred dollars difference. Um, wow. but, but what you get is a, a lot more. So uh, it's not like that in every in every area, of course. Um, and if you look at this article, what you'll see is some of the more expensive cities like San Francisco and New York City, it actually makes more sense to rent than it does mm-hmm. to buy because it's so expensive there. But as you mm-hmm. get into um, most of the other parts of the country, it just, it, the numbers don't shake out that way. Um, and one thing it said is, the so rent has increased on average about 19 percent over the last year or so which is crazy um it's more than home price appreciation obviously you can the home price appreciation statistic you can um, look at in several different ways and you'll see slightly different numbers depending on how the data is aggregated but what I'm seeing is somewhere around 17% or so on average across the country. So technically rent has inflated more than the home values have been inflated over the last year or so. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I have a couple of friends who are renting and they talked about their, their lease went up four to $500. Like some people are expecting a 50 to $100 increase, you know, when you get a lease renewal, but Mm -hmm. they're literally being pushed out because they can't afford a $500 jump in their rent, you know, and, but somebody else will pay it. So they're going to the, you know, the apartments will get their money, but you're being pushed out to try to find something in this market. And it is insane. It's insane. And so why it makes more sense to buy is you won't have to worry about a lease going up. You won't right. have to worry about being pushed out and you're putting money back into your own pocket versus spending it for somebody else's pocket, you know? Yeah. And like I, I mentioned this to you earlier, I was talking to a client of mine and they have been living in this rental for five years mm-hmm. and um, their lease is up mm-hmm. and the seller's uh, the landlords want to sell. So they're kind of being pushed out of the house. And so I'm helping them find something. And they said, we absolutely will not rent anymore. We have spent $500,000 in rent in the last five years. We are never running again. That is a staggering number. $500,000. Think about that. Think about where you could be if you owned your own home and that equity that you're paying is back into you. And then you come to, you go to sell. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's insane what that number does for you. And, and it, it just, it, it feels better swallowing that number, knowing <laughs> that it's in your pocket, it's in your benefit, not somebody else's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got some statistics that I'm going to throw at you here. So first off, the fastest growing rental market, uh, I'm sorry, the second fastest growing rental market of the uh, markets that they analyzed was Tampa. Mm -hmm. They were up 25.6%. Yep. That is crazy. So, um, so, um, uh, on average in the city of Columbus, the average rents are $1,247 a month, and they have increased 14% year over year. Now, I'm going to go down and find Tampa because I think you're going to be surprised at these numbers as well. 
or maybe you won't be. So the average number, uh, uh, the amount, the average amount of rent in Tampa is two thousand and thirty-eight dollars a month, and has increased thirty-five point nine percent. It's absolutely insane. It's insane. Everybody wants to live here from California, New York, Boston, you know, all these more expensive places because they can afford it. And they have the money, you know, to move here where the people that live here can't even afford to live here anymore because of those prices and the demand and other people being able to afford it, sweeping it up. You know, it's, it's really it's it's really scary and i know it's scaring a lot of people and i've had a lot of conversations um with renters about you know having to take the step in buying which mm -hmm. you know a lot of people holding back from buying right now is the fear right like you know i don't have the money saved i'm not gonna be able to afford it you know there's no way that i can i can do it being a teacher's salary or whatever it is but ever you know that's just a limiting belief. You know, yeah. that's, you are holding yourself back from being able to, to own wealth and real estate. You know, you're holding yourself back by believing those lies that you're not able to do it. It does not hurt to try. It does not hurt to get with a lender and figure out what your finances are. Because if you can afford rent in Tampa, you know, you can probably afford a home. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people end up being surprised at what the, actual money it costs to buy a home. I mean, yes, we, we talk about this all the time. It, it varies. You know, we, we, we always are saying, you know, save your money if you need to have more cash down payment, if you need to pay over, over, um, over value for appraisal, things like that. That's true. But it, it works the same way in the opposite direction. You know, like this person I mentioned a few minutes ago, buying a house where he's only a hundred dollars more than, you know, what we're charging for rent, you know, that, that in the down payment on that property is not that significant either. And the reality is we want a multiple offer situation to get that house and it appraised higher than, you know, a decent, a little bit higher than what our purchase price was. So the, so yeah. you can find the right situations, but you've got to look and you got to, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to be flexible on certain criteria um, and be ready to act quick, just like you said. So why not run the numbers? Why not know where you stand with it? You may find that you're going to save money or at least be at a break even point and actually be, be doing, you know, a mortgage pay down be creating equity for yourself, getting tax benefits for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Yeah. it is a, an interesting conversation. And I think a lot of people just, um, just are afraid to take that step. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And that's why I'm <clears throat> super big about um, educating my sphere on social media, you know, of, 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 facts over myths, you know, facts over the lies that you believe or you think are true. You know, Rob, let me ask you, what is the average down payment your buyers actually put down? Um, that's, I don't know. I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but I can tell you that it, it ranges probably from about 3% up to 20%. I'd say for the clients I work with, the average is probably right smack in the middle of that, something in the 12 to 15% now, typically you're either going to get a 5% down or a 20% down. You don't have too many people that um, go for that 10 or 15% mm -hmm. range, but 
uh, I would say probably 10, 12%. What about that's you? What, what do you think yours is? That's what I think um, is the average for mine. I mean, it can be as little as let's say 10 grand um, mm -hmm. as max of 60, 80 K, you know, it, it really depends on the fire situation. Right. Okay. But that to that point of you don't need a hundred thousand dollars saved you don't need forty thousand dollars saved you know maybe it's only 10 grand maybe it's five grand you know there's there are mm -hmm. programs out there that can work for you um if you only have five grand saved but you have great credit you make good money you know it's hard to save money when cost of living is expensive like we understand that so if you don't have a lot of savings but you know maybe everything else looks great don't don't hesitate to try, you know, or maybe your credit doesn't look great, but you're, you still, you know, want to know if you can do it. You will never know unless you try. The answer is always no until you try or ask. So it doesn't hurt anybody to, to see what you can do, see what you can get so that you're not paying $500,000 in rent over five years. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about, uh, Tampa, but I do know in Columbus and certain parts of Ohio, there are lender uh, grant programs, down payment assistance programs. Mm -hmm. There are, there's a variety of things. I've had closings where the client is not VA and almost brings nothing down, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, that's not for everybody. You have to qualify, you have to make, you know, meet certain criteria, but to think that um, you could almost have no down payment and be buying a house and be paying similar or maybe less monthly than you would if you were renting the property. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about that, but it's awesome too. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I had a call yesterday. I, um, I shared a picture of a closing I had recently and a girl messaged me from it and said, Hey, you know, I just really really want to try. I really want to see, you know, I saw what you did for our friend. I really, um, I'm curious about the process. I don't think I'm going to be qualified, but I, I just want to try. It was a six minute phone call. I said, listen, based on your situation, we have, we're in a fork in the road, right? We either can move right away or you have a plan of action and the plan of action and the, or starting right away starts with having a phone call with the lender. Mm -hmm. And that will direct you whether you go this way or that way, either way, we're going to meet around and we'll come at the end where we can help you buy. It just depends on which way we go. So meet with the lender, let them figure out your finances, let them help you in the best direction possible, where to begin, and then we can take it from there. And right after we got off the phone, I did an introductory text with her and my lender, and they have a call later today. Awesome. All Good it story. does is, is just to try, you know, yeah. you never know. Yeah, why not? Um, all right, so let's, let's jump over to the other article we were discussing earlier today. Um, so it's what to expect from the housing market now that the feds have hiked interest rates. And there's a lot of things. We're not going to dive into this whole article, uh, but there was two things I wanted to discuss out of it. The first one is that in this article, they brought up a statistic that 17% of buyers, uh, home buyers this year are going to be made up of actually corporations that are purchasing residential properties to buy and then rent out as an investment. Um, now I we I know that I've I've had you know interactions with that on a personal level with you know corporations buying some of my listings and or competing against them and it is tough to compete against them because it's typically a cash offer, mm -hmm. um, but uh, what I think is interesting about it is 
throughout this the pandemic, what we've seen is a lot of these larger companies, larger corporations that would normally invest in large scale multifamily, commercial and office space have have shifted and now they're targeting residential real estate. Do you have you seen that and do you you know is do you think it's a trend that we're going to continue seeing? So it's interesting that you say that. Um, I had a listing late last year and um, Zillow put an offer on it and it was cash offer over asking. Um, they have, I'd like to share my experiences with Zillow another time. However, um, you know, my, my seller accepted that, that offer. Okay. Um, and I was, super nervous you know and if you go and look online about zillow purchasing a home or your listing or whatever you know it, it doesn't look good you know and um it, it didn't it actually went pretty well however they um they bought it and a couple days ago maybe a week maybe a week or two ago i got a message saying hey i saw this listing available for rent wanted to know if you had any more information on it and that was a November-ish, I think we sold that house. Um, and this January is when I got the message that they were, it was on the market to rent. Hmm. So it, it's frustrating as heck because buyers that actually want these homes to live in them with their families aren't able to live in them because corporations like Zillow are buying them up and turning around and renting them at an unreasonable rate. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, um, that is really interesting. So, uh, do you know at the time if Zillow's intention was to to turn it around and and sell it, or you don't know? So I don't know. This was actually right before there was that Zillow um, breaking news, you know, of them kind of backing out of all of the homes they were purchasing because right. they couldn't afford to flip them like they wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, so then they were quickly releasing a lot of ones that they had under contract which screwed over a lot of people because they had contracts on listings um, that manipulated them into being able to help them buy the sellers buy another home well then they were canceling the contracts which screwed the sellers out of buying another home so there was a lot of hands in the pot that were getting kind of um really messy because of that um so Zillow kind of backed off from, from being in a wheelhouse they don't belong in. Mm -hmm. um, they were trying to make money in a different way. They were snatching up these homes, uh, but then they had to stop because they couldn't afford the construction materials. They couldn't afford the loss that they would have because of the delay on the construction. Um, so it didn't work out for them. Um, I think they were humbled by it. And I really haven't seen any other corporations like Zillow do that, but I have seen like open door listings, Redfin mm -hmm. listings. Um, those are, those are more common than Zillow, but I see Zillow still kind of around here and there, but not as much as they were snatching up a lot of properties. Um, now you, you are still seeing cash investors come in doing the same thing, whether they're big corporations or not, you're seeing a lot of cash investors coming in and sweeping up these homes to rent out or to turn around and flip very quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I wonder, so we, I don't remember if we talked about that Zillow situation in a different episode or not, but, but, you know, essentially they closed down their, um, cash offers program. The, what was it called? Zillow, um, 
don't even remember. Whatever was their eye buying program. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it wasn't working. But what I read was they were uh, packaging up all these homes to sell off to large corporation investors like Blackstone and some of these big companies that just want to own a ton of residential real estate. So maybe that property they put out for rent because they're just trying to package it up, package it up with a ton of other single family rentals and sell it off to, you know, another corporation. Yeah, um, possibly. Very I, interesting. It, it's, um, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating from the from the buyers who live in the city, who want to live in the city, who want to raise their families and they are running ragged trying to get into a home for their families. And they can't because of these cash investors, corporations that are just, you know, trying to make a buck. It's really, it's really sad. And I saw an article recently that I don't want to, I want to say it was like Kevin Hart or, or the rock or, or somebody and another celebrity go went in, um, and they're starting to invest and buy tons of homes in Miami, mm. you know, and that's, that's so frustrating because people that live there that spend money in their city that, you know, their families live there, aren't able to do that. Yeah. It's just a disadvantage. That's, that's kind it of sucks, but it, it, it'll kind of bring us, we won't get there yet, but it'll bring us full circle to our next topic. Cause what's mm -hmm. interesting is, some of these large corporations are actually just funded by people like me and use 401ks and all of our buyers and sellers that have a retirement plan will so that for all they know part of their retirement plan may be invested in one of these companies who maybe used to uh, own and buy real estate in the form of office and commercial and now all of a sudden they're in residential so yeah. it's, um and I don't, I think it's hard to predict where, like what direction that's going. But one thing I do like about it is it shows the strength of the residential market. If these, mm -hmm. you know, these companies that have tons of money um, and have hopefully have really smart people running them, which we don't know that for sure, but yeah. uh, you know, assuming that they have some really smart people running those companies and they're doubling down and saying, we know the market is going crazy we know that prices are rising and we want to own more real estate. Um, yeah. You know, so that to me, as a person who invests and owns real estate, that's a good sign. And I, just to anybody who is an individual homeowner, you know, you, that should make you more confident in your investment to be a home. Absolutely. If, if they're willing to put their money in it, so should you. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think there's definitely a takeaway from that. Um, so the other, and that brings us to a really good point. So the other um, statistic in this article was that 76% of homeowners, of homeowners that they surveyed, 76% said now is a good time to sell your house, but only 26% said now is a good time to buy a house. And I think that's really interesting uh, because of, uh, apparently they did the same survey this time last year. And at that time, about 52% of the people said that was a good time to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that you and I will probably have a different opinion, but the one thing that really drives the strength of the market is the consumer confidence. And so even though now as a seller's market, ultimately the buyers are in control, right? The, 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 level of demand is driven by the buyers, the buyer's ability to afford a home and the buyer's willingness to buy a home. So in, in some ways, the, the 
buyers are still in control and still driving the market, even though the seller has all of the leverage. Well, what would you say to, to the, you know, other 75% or 74% of the consumers out there who are afraid to buy or don't think now is the right time to buy? Oh, I have these conversations all day long, every day. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I, empathize right i understand that it seems scary you're putting a lot of money out there you have no control you have no control as a buyer right now and that's super frustrating hold on <coughs> excuse me Bless um you. thank you but i actually i had to have a tough conversation with one of my clients the other day because we're losing a couple offers because of the control he's trying to have by like we want an answer by noon or we you know certain little things by having the control in your hands and it's just not the market it's a seller's market they have control it is what it is you just have to have that expectation and reality check of it um mm -hmm. but as agents who work full-time over full-time you know in this industry 100%. it's not impossible to purchase you know you just have to have the the a conversation of expectation and set the expectations and say you can do this you can do this but you're going to have to understand that this is a seller's market and there are certain things that we have to do in order to win and it's not fun i had this conversation yesterday with a buyer we were putting two offers in and i just said i wish i could tell you that you just put in a list price offer but you can't that's that's low you know in a multiple offer situation do highest and best due by 6 p.m you know list price isn't gonna win and i hate i hate saying that however i want you to win don't you want to win don't you want the house you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna bs you so i think it's just very important to be realistic with your clients to just empathize with them that we understand this market is tough that you're not the only buyer who is going through these frustrating times but it's going to be worth it because it's only going to get more expensive. It's only going to get a little bit more difficult. And once you understand the reality of the process, it's actually kind of relieving for you. And it's not as scary as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of buyers that, that say, oh, that wasn't so bad or, you know, okay, I could do that because you're not eating a whole elephant you know and you're not believing everything the media tells you you're not believing you know all these lies that you know you might overhear you're hearing from professionals you're hearing the facts you're hearing what's happening and it actually is a little bit less scary when you get to talk to somebody like that yeah yeah i mean um i just i had this thought when you were going through that process i mean the truth is every situation is different mm -hmm. and you know you'll hear a story from maybe a friend or somebody you knew that says, oh, I had to do this and I had to do that. And, and I could come back to you and tell you four or five or six other stories of somebody who didn't have to do that or, you know, it worked out differently. So, I mean, the point I'm making is that's one thing that makes real estate so unique. There's not a single piece of real estate on the entire planet that is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So when you're negotiating and going through the process of buying a house, just because you heard something about the process that maybe was negative or you didn't like, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to experience that necessarily. Um, it is a challenging market, but you know, I, there are people every day that are getting in contract on properties that they love and there are people every day that are not paying full price. 
it depends on the situation, but yeah. I've, seen it, I've seen it happen. And sometimes yeah. you might pay over, you know, the list price and still be getting a good value. So mm-hmm. you have to analyze every situation individually and you can't make, you know, broad generalizations about the market. Um, it is really important when you get into the, the home buying process, the home searching process, it's really important to have somebody like you or I who, who can help navigate the process because it's really challenging in this market, but people are having success with it every day. Yep, exactly. New houses hit the market every day. There's a new opportunity every day and to just trust us and, and knowing what, what to do. Yeah. So, um, it, to, to bring it full circle on that like con- consumer confidence thing, the fact that people are, are hesitant about the process, um, you know, I understand why, you know, prices are rising, interest rates are rising, um, but at the same time, there is an extremely limited amount of supply. Mm-hmm. If you look at the statistics across the board, you know, we don't have enough housing in the U.S. And as we talked about earlier, you know, rental rates are also on the rise. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a possibility that if you wait for a a crash or you just wait, that you're going to just end up paying more in the future. But everybody's circumstance is different. You've got to make that decision as an individual to say, is now the right time for me to own real estate? Um, But I think that could bring us into to my my our next topic, which is should you have um, include residential real estate as part of your retirement plan? And. I think a lot of people already do that if they're homeowners, even though they may not consider it as part of their retirement plan. Um, what are your What are your initial thoughts on residential real estate as an investment? Oh well, I mean, I think that five hundred thousand dollar number should just be the statement itself. I mean, that is that's number that goes back into your pocket. It doesn't go into somebody else's pockets. That's growing your future. That's growing your family, your, your security net, your safety net. Um, I, especially like you, I mean, you invest and you have rental properties and you're, you're bringing in income without even having to do anything like you're renting them out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say not having to do anything, Well, but you know yes, what I mean. yeah. Um, <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, when I look at uh, real estate as an investment, you know, you're, you're basically getting four, four benefits from a financial standpoint, the, the appreciation value, the cash flow of the real estate, the tax benefits and the mortgage pay down. Now, as a, even if you're not renting the property out, you're just owning it and living there, you're still getting three of those four benefits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, assuming that you hold onto the property long enough to pay it off, I mean, it's, you know, it's like putting your money into a high interest earning, you know, bank account because that appreciation value is going to keep um, inflating the value of of the money that you're putting into the property. Mm -hmm. So is it a good idea? I think absolutely, because real estate is also a commodity and and it tends to be a, a more stable commodity that you could invest in, you know, housing is likely always going to be needed. Now, will it always be needed in the specific area that you own your property? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows what the future holds, but for most properties across the country, uh, they tend to appreciate in value and they tend to stay in demand because people will always need housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's something that really won't go away if you think about it. I mean, it, it it's, 
it's just security. It's just something that you won't lose the, you know, the say a business, you know, booms for a minute and then it just tanks and you put all your money and investment in that and then it's done for. But Mm -hmm. like you said, real estate, you know, even if like that market crash, you held onto a property, look at what it could be worth now. I mean, it's, it's always going to come back. Yeah. And that's something I always tell people when, when we're talking about investment properties is even if the market were to dip, I want you to be in a situation where you can at least continue to rent the property out and make your payments. And as long as you can do that, you could, you should be able to see through any, any dip. Now it's not a super liquid asset. So if you're going to need access to that capital right away, then maybe it's not the best place for you to put your money. Um, but as long as you don't need to sell it, then you should be able to see it through any dip that the market might take. And hopefully on the, on the other side of that, you, uh, you end up with a, a large gain, a large amount of appreciation. And of course, for a lot of people who got into real estate in the past, you know, six, seven, eight years, all they have seen has been appreciation. Um, You know, there's going to be stories of the other side of it, but if you look at the trajectory across history, most of the time residential real estate continues to appreciate in value. And that is one of the major benefits of owning a house, whether it's just your house or whether it's a a rental property. Um, Either way, you're, you're securing some investment in that. Yep, absolutely. And you know what else I saw? So part of that um, Realtor.com article that we talked about earlier, for the number one uh, city for uh, rental versus buying, the best place to, to own it was Fort Myers, which is not too far from you, Fort Myers, Florida. It yeah, said I know. On, It said on average, the average rental rate was around $1,700. I'm sorry, the average mortgage payment was around $1,700 a month, which was for a $440,000 house. And the average rent was four thousand a month. Think about that. That's crazy. Now they're they're oh looking at averages, gosh. so it doesn't mean yeah. that you're buying. You're yeah. you know, doesn't work out exactly like that. that you're making that much cash flow, but mm-hmm. like as a whole, I was like, I think I want to. I think I want to start buying in Florida, specifically yeah. Fort Myers. And you know, my parents are down near that. Yeah. Area, so oh I yeah. Uh, maybe you should <laughs> crazy call me <laughs> right can't you go down there yeah it's only what two hour drive i mean i probably would hook you up with a an awesome realtor in that area who could be better value because it is two hours away i probably don't know everything um but the great thing about um social media and my network is I can find you an agent in any state who's just as much of a rock star as you or I, um, and, and safe, reputable, um, trustworthy agent that people recommend. Um, if you're, I had a girl message me today, this morning, asking me if I knew anybody in Alabama to help list her mom's house. I'm going to get on my network and I'm going to see who people recommend in Alabama because I don't want her to pick any Joe Schmo. I want her to pick somebody that is trustworthy. So I would do the same for you and I could do the same for anybody. We can, we can hook you up with a good agent anywhere in the country. Yeah. And I mean that when you, when you have a relationship with someone like us, that that really helps because then we can also be a part of the process. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never not, you know, offer my advice to, to somebody I know, no matter where they're buying, even if I can't be 
um, involved, you know, because I'm not licensed in that area. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, if you come to me and I can connect you with a, a referral partner in another part of the country, then I can also be a, a part of that transaction and help give guidance as needed. Um, so yep, yeah, definitely absolutely. do that. Yeah. All right. So do you that have, a, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, do you have any behind the scenes or anything that you want to talk about this week? Oh, what am I working on? Oh, it's been quite the week. I've submitted three offers in the last couple of days. Um, I've only heard back from two. They did not get accepted. I'm waiting on hearing back on one more. Um, I should have a listing coming soon. So just, nice. you know, when you see those, those listings come up, um, I think the behind the scenes is just the months of preparation, the months of those little conversations that happen, you know, or the buyers say, you know, there's a buyer who isn't ready right yet, but they want to be, you just continue just to be available. Um, and like you said, even if they're working with another agent or work, maybe, you know, they're in California or Ohio or whatever, and they just have questions, I'm always available. Um, so I, I just think that behind the scenes of all of us, you know, doing the offers and getting the listings and all that stuff comes with a lot of just genuine conversations, um, whether it's direct messaging, text messaging, calls, Facebook, whatever it is, um, you know, we're, we're available. We're, um, we're here to help you. So I love that. I think that, you know, it's, it's awesome, but behind the scenes, it takes work. It takes getting, I mean, I'm working with a friend who, we have been talking for months about possibly listing our house, but there's just so many things that come into play. Like, where are they going to go? You know, first we have to make sure that we have that, you know, lined up and, you know, that is a risk of where to go because there's security in selling. There's not security in where you're going to go right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just a lot of work that goes behind the scenes of those little new listings and all that stuff. So again, I think it's just, busting the myth that everything happens like that. And it does not, unfortunately. The real estate game takes patience. Yeah, and that was my message. Uh, I want to say like end of December when we were talking about this is is the the market is going to be front-loaded. We, mm-hmm. we are totally seeing that. Yep. And it does take some time. Um, so, you know, I was looking at some statistics just yesterday afternoon the if you look at the list price to sales price ratio in Columbus, and I'm sure it's similar where you are in Florida, but you look at the, the the trajectory of list price to sales price ratio from now all the way through May and and into June, it's going straight up. So what that means is your you have a higher chance of of achieving above list price offers mm-hmm. anytime from January through the spring. So mm-hmm. in the point I'm making to what is to what you were talking about, which is it takes a little bit of time to get things together. So if you're thinking about putting your house on the market and you want to catch that peaking point in May or, you know, March, April, May in that range, maybe into June, June's like where it just kind of tapers off and flattens, then, you know, it, you might as well be on it right now because it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, but that's a great point you make it. There's a ton of work. There's a ton of communication and, 
And it, it, that's what we do. If you're not good at communication, then this may not be <laughs> the best job for you. It definitely helps us prepare um, and, and understand the importance of it in relationships. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. What's your behind the scenes take? Um, well, um, I... I don't know. I didn't really have anything in mind when I asked you that question. I should have, <laughs> I should have, prepared, should have prepared myself more for it. Um, but um, the, I think the behind the scenes for me is um, the, we've been having this conversation throughout the past 30 days about buyers, getting buyers in the contract. You and I were talking just the other day about, um, how challenging the market can be. And so um, what I would, what I would, I guess the point I'm getting at is sometimes you, you remember we had this conversation, sometimes you submit an offer and you're like, this is a winner. Like, yeah. I had that one over the weekend and it didn't, didn't get accepted and it was really defeating for me and for the clients. So, uh, but it goes back to my, my point I was making a minute ago. Every situation is different. And I was trying to explain this then. We're not always, not every offer is going to compete against a cash offer. And, right. and that was having to be the particular situation here. But, you know, we, you might find a, a house where you're like, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm going to go all out for this one. And then you find out there's only one other person offering yeah. on it and you get that and you get the contract and you're shocked about it, but that happens all the time. So, yeah. so hang in there and keep, keep making the effort because you know, you'll get one, um, when the situation is right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's funny because I, I, there's this account, the broke agent, I know I mentioned it before, but it's just like, how many times have you told your client what's meant to be will be, and you'll get it when the time is right. But it's so true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we, we are getting our clients under contract. It is happening you know, you learn a little bit along the way of the strength of your offers need to be, you know, sometimes it takes losing some to understand what you got to do, because I know mm -hmm. me telling you, you got to do this, this, and this to win. Isn't fun. So you're like, mm, mm -hmm. let me try it my way or whatever. And sometimes it works. Sometimes your way does work, but sometimes it doesn't. So it's just putting in your eggs in the basket. And how many do you want to put in? Do you want to yeah. do half, a, half a carton or do you want to go all in? Yeah. Um, all right, good. Well, this has been a great conversation. Do you have any other um, topics you want to hit on before we hit the road? I don't think so. I think, you know, just, just stay encouraged every day as a buyer, you know, and, and sellers, we need you. Um, obviously, if you all band together and like March 15th, let's put all your listings yeah. on the market and then we can get out of this. Everybody, everybody wins. That would be great. Yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a good one. Um, I'm excited for some more good topics next week. Yeah, we'll see you then. Thanks, All Rob. Right. Talk to you later.